going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Will on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Bills Week, Bills Week Part 2, and no better person to have on uh, than Nate Geary. You know, Bills pre and, uh, pre and post, halftime show, the whole nine yards for a WGR 550. Um, and a partner in crime with me on arguing about Tua. Um, Nate, how are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, looking forward to Jets Week. Um especially now that, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody here in Buffalo fans or otherwise will be taking the Jets too lightly. Uh, not that they maybe did last time, but they certainly won't be overlooking in a, any part of this game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it's a game, you know, obviously we're going to get into, we'll get into this game. I want to kind of rewind before we get into that of, you know, two days ago, you know, recording this on Tuesday, you know, Bill's coming off a Thursday night game where, I don't think they were amazing, but they were pretty like the Patriots looked helpless. Um, I don't, again, it's sometimes it's a little hard that, you know, Bill's coming off games against the Lions and Pats. Like, I don't know how much better they're playing than they were previously. I think they're playing a lot better, but, um, and the Jets obviously coming off a really tough loss in Minnesota where, you know, 500 yards offense, you hold Minnesota to almost negative yards in the second half. You can't score. You're one and six in the red zone, you lose. But I guess we'll start with the Bills. You know, last time the Jets played them, it was like, oh, my God, the Bills are in disarray. And then they lose the Vikings next week. Every, you know, Josh Allen's going to have Tommy John. Now it seems like he's fine. Um, you know, where are you at with, you know, where the Bills are, obviously being the number one seed, um, you know, as presently constructed? Yeah, and the funny thing is, is, you know, you, you rewind to last year after week 14, week 15, the Bills were seven and six. And they won the division. Um and it's hard to remember the fact that they were seven and six. They'd lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars and um, all hope was lost. And then, you know, they turn it on December and they're one of the hottest teams to enter the playoffs. They win that wild card matchup against the Patriots, you know, have the perfect game. They don't punt one time. And, you know, Josh Allen out duels Patrick Mahomes for 59 and three quarters minutes and you know they're uh two stops away from uh you know an afc championship game being hosted here in orchard park and you know the rest is history and now this year um obviously all the expectations coming into the season um i was under no spell that the bills were like gonna go undefeated and and, and we're gonna just uh pound the afc east I, the afc east is better than i thought that they would be coming into this year a lot of that is um, you know, around the Dolphins and Jets being better football teams and maybe ha- on a quicker timeline when, when I'm maybe talking about the Jets here, just on a little bit of a quicker development timeline than, than maybe I thought that they would be. Um, but the Bills did something that no other NFL team has done um, over the last, since basically they started Thursday night football games. They played three games in 12 days, all on the road. Um, two of which were back to back in Detroit because of the snowstorm here in Buffalo. Uh, they, they moved that game to Detroit. They're getting guys. They didn't practice. They practice one time that week. They've got guys that are walking through six feet of snow just to get into a car so they can get to the facility. Um, and they win all three of those football games against, you know, I, I think a, a Browns team that um, is playing better with Jacoby Brissett than they, they are right now with Deshaun Watson and, and a defense that, you know, let's not, hold a lot of punches that's a bad defense with miles garrett 
Um, and then I think a, a Lions team that could and has competed with the best teams in the NFL. They lost by one score to the, to the Eagles. They lose by one score um, to the Bills. That, that, that's a good Lions football team. Um, and then last week, the, the Patriots, who I would call more pesky now than I would, I would say good, but top five in DVOA defensively, top five run defense in DVOA, and the Bills really walked in there and did what they wanted on the ground. And I think that's maybe the biggest development over the last three weeks with Josh Allen not yet 100%. I think we are broaching that 100%. I think he's probably as close to like 90 95% last week. The Bills have been able to pivot and run the football better than they have really at any point in the Josh Allen era. Um, a lot of that has to do with the emergence of James Cook in the offense, but Josh Allen looks fundamentally healthier and better as a thrower of the football, which is, is what you want to see. So to, to look at these, the threat stretch of three games, you know, this is the thing that bothers me sometimes about how the bills are viewed because this pedestal was built for them, by the way, not, not necessarily by the fan base, but by expectations, the national media set that, they were the consensus Super Bowl favorite. And then you have fan bases that talk about, well, the Bills fans, they were guaranteeing a Super Bowl. Nobody in Buffalo would ever guarantee a Super Bowl ever. Have you ever met these people? We're sad. It's this time of year. It's very, it's, 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 it's gloomy. It's dark. Um, no one here is guaranteeing a damn thing for a, for a franchise that lost four straight Super Bowls. I promise you that never happened. But I, I do think there's something to be said about a team who is fighting through adversity early in the football season. Sean McDermott talks all the time about the ebbs and flows of a season. And unless you have been here, the, the Dolphins have not. The Dolphins are going to face adversity. They think that the Tua injury was their adversity. I promise you that was not their adversity. They're going to face adversity, and they are right now, with Tua healthy at quarterback. The Jets, they're facing kind of their first adversity of the year. They had a bench their starting quarterback was number two overall pick, and they've got Mike White, and now – He's going to move through the hardest part of the schedule. Like there are ebbs and flows every season, whether you are predicted to be the Super Bowl winner or predicted to have the number one pick that year. So um, the Bills won three games in the heat of maybe their most adverse situation they faced all year. Um, they come out three and zero on the other side, playing three games in twelve days, all on the road. Um, and now you enter what Jets fans, what Dolphins fans, what Patriots fans already know is the most important time to play your best football going into January. So um, have they played their best football as of late? No, but this is last year. This is when they started to really turn it on and I'm expecting the same now. Yeah, no, it's, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, on a side note, I don't think the NFL handled the, the snowstorm thing particularly no. well. Um, everyone knew that snow was coming. It started like the Sunday, like right after the Sunday games, um, I believe it was after the Minnesota game, if I'm not mistaken. And like everyone knew it and none of those guys should have been, it should have been moved, done and, and dusted. Those guys should not have been in Buffalo. No, um, and, and whatever. That was just a whole mess. And it was like Thursday and it's like, Oh, how are we getting none of the game? Well, should have thought about that four days like ago. Monday. Yeah. yeah. Like they should have been gone. Um, the bills are in a, in a weird spot. Cause you watch some of, you know, if you watch them, you know, obviously they're on national TV 24 seven. And as you mentioned, um, I thought it was going into the year. I'm like, everyone's picking the bills. So they're just the way the NFL works, they won't win. And, and maybe they don't, uh, but I think they've done a good enough job based on expectations of, you know, the teams they've lost to. It's not like they've, well, you know, they lost at, in Miami and no, you know, no one wins in Miami in, in September. It's a thousand degrees and, and all that stuff. The bills had their entire team injured. 
I think the Jets game was probably their most legit loss, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. You know, I know some people pointed to Josh. Josh Allen got hurt in the last play of the game. I, I'm not doing that. That that's doesn't that that doesn't work that way. Um, I, I thought that was their most legit loss of the year. And the Minnesota loss, Minnesota's winning every single close game, as we'll get into in a second. So I'm not for being honest there. You know, Josh Allen just doesn't fumble that snap. The game is over. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I just think they're a really good team. I think that. I, I do get worried from time at times they are a little, you mentioned the running game. I think they need to run the football on Sunday and we'll get into that because you cannot be one dimensional where Stefan Diggs is the only person you're throwing the football to. Right. Um, been a little disappointed in Gabe Davis, if I'm being honest, that tracking the football is, feels right. like he's a little late. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what's going on there. And, um, but yeah, James Cook's a, a nice player. I think the health of Deion Dawkins and guys like that will be interesting on Sunday. If he plays, the defense, again, Poyer's back for this game. Milano's back. Those guys getting back is huge. Shout out Jordan Poyer, quote tweeting the sauce clip from the other day. I appreciate not looking like an idiot and people people agreeing with me on that one, that that was a ridiculous call. Um, but again, Von Miller is now out. So how that affects it. I wanted to ask you quickly about Odell. Um, I don't know if I'm crazy here. I respect Odell wholeheartedly. I think good for him right now. This is awesome. Who doesn't want to have a second, you know, college recruiting tour when you already, you know, have $30 million in the bank and that's all great. I don't know if he's going to play this year. And I think people kind of have forgotten that part this whole time. Like he's coming off a, a reconstructive ACL surgery, um, you know, nine months yeah. ago. Um, and it feels like it's getting to the point now where like, is it worth, like, is it worth all this drama and stuff around him just because it's like, he's getting paraded around from team to team. And if you're the bills, can you really afford, like maybe you can, and maybe the Cowboys can too afford to not get him to the playoffs, but is it even worth it at that point? Whereas like, if you're the Giants, you give him a multi-year deal and you have no talent around him. You're hoping just to get a one or two games out of him. So do you expect the Bills, you know, Von Miller's been really outspoken. He thinks the Bills are going to get, you know, Odell and that's great. A, do you think he ends up in Buffalo and B, is it worth it at this point? Just based on, I don't, I don't can't see the Bills giving him a two, three-year deal based on, I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. You know, the Odell Beckham sweepstakes has been really interesting. Um, I would tell you that the Bills are very much interested. Um, it's not just Von Miller. There has been, um, from everything we've heard, that players have gone to management and have basically said, this is a guy that if we, we believe we need um, to get over the top. And, um, yeah, what he does this year I think is important. I, I think it's also important to note that guys like, you know, Chris Godwin, um, they were back at the nine-month mark. Um, you've seen guys like, uh, you know, Cam Akers back from Achilles tenant in seven months. Um, so everyone heals at, at, at a different pace. And, um, you know, so I, I, if the bills could find a way to get a guarantee, it's the Cowboys are already leaking stuff, um, which I find really interesting, um, while he's there on the visit. So that's either posturing it's either, you know, like, I, I don't know, is it worth it? right now for the bills to bring Odell Beckham jr. In if he can only help you in the playoffs, I would say absolutely 100%. And I think a big reason for that is something you mentioned, which is the maybe disappointing is sort of a, I, I think maybe intense term to use when you're talking about Gabriel Davis. Um, but it has not been what I think a lot of people had predicted. A lot of fantasy people predicted it would look like after that Kansas city game last year. And it just has not, necessarily carried over in a week-to-week -week basis which was why Brandon Bean insulated him in year two with Emmanuel Sanders um, it's why they went out and, and felt the need to 
to draft a, a Khalil Shakir, which they have not really utilized very much. They go out and they sign Jamison Crowder to play out of the slot. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot to be said about why the offense hasn't maybe looked as efficient as it has in years past with Brian Dable. And I, the guy that I've maybe most been disappointed in is Dawson Knox. I was going to say him and Ken Dorsey. I know you're very vocal about Ken Dorsey's I, I like, run. I like Ken Dorsey. Um, and it's less about the run and more about, you know, I like the evolution. He has prioritized. He's built this passing offense around Stephon Diggs, rightfully so. I thought last year the offense moved away from targeting Stephon Diggs at the, at the frequency in which they did in his first year in 2020, 127 catches and multiple 100 yard games. He had two 100 yard games last year and only a hundred, uh, I think only 104, 105 catches. So um, he's on pace to be back at that 2020 clip. Good. But Dawson Knox, Gabriel Davis, both are not seeing the same level of success they saw last year under Brian Dable and the year before that with your, when you're talking about Dawson Knox, a lot of that has to do with his ability to scheme these guys open. And there's less those one-on-one hole shots, 50-50 balls to Gabriel Davis. Those are not being attempted like they have been in years past. Um, they're not finding creative ways to get the ball into the hands to Dawson Knox in the red zone and area. The Bills have, at least by the numbers, struggled with. But it's funny how the red zone works. They go three for four against um, the New England Patriots, and they go from 24th in the NFL in red zone percentage to 15th in one game. So um, it's funny how, you know, a couple of good games in a row in the red zone can, can really change your fortunes in terms of where you stand. But um, Odell Beckham, the reason that conversation is happening, this team right now, as it stands, has four. They added John Brown, and we'll see what, you know, I don't know what that is at this point in his career. Um, they have four NFL receivers on this roster. That might be a surprise to some people that don't follow the Bills very closely. You would think that this is a stacked group at the offensive weapon and pass catcher position. It's not the case. I'm not sure a lot of people could name the Bills' second string tight end, um, much less name their number four receiver, uh, which is Khalil Shakir, a fifth-round pick from this year who has almost exclusively played from the slot at Boise State to now being a guy that they're playing on the outside because he is, if Gabriel Davis, if Stephon Diggs goes down, the, the, the first person that's going to slot into the outside role is a guy who predominantly played slot in college in the whack. So I, I like, I, I think that a lot of people look at the bills, Josh Allen, he solves a lot of problems, right? Great elite quarterbacks. They can cover up for maybe not having the talent, but, and, and I got this argument with Dolphins fans like, Oh, well, you know, now that they've struggled a little bit now, and now all these guarantees of a Super Bowl and, how good and how deep their roster. This is the deepest roster in football. Just because they don't have adequate pass catching depth, the rest of the roster, I mean, look at their defensive line. They're without Von Miller and they absolutely dominated that game against not, not the best defensive line in the Patriots, but they went multiple weeks without Jordan Porter. They were able to win football games. They've got just getting Tredavious White back from injury. Um, so this is a roster across the board. Um, that is deep in terms of like overall depth, but at the pass catcher position and playmakers, yeah, th- this team is hurting more than people maybe want to uh, maybe acknowledge. I want to kind of transition to, from a Jets point of view, obviously. Um, I, I want to touch on the Jets for, from this perspective. Obviously, you know, we, come, we came into the year, it was about Zach Wilson. It was about, okay, we like some of the pieces out of the draft. We like Bruce Hall, sadly out for the year. We like Elijah Vera Tucker out for the year. <laughs> we right. like Elijah Moore had a trade request. Uh, it, it's everything we liked. Mekhi, people liked Mekhi Becton out for the year. Like it's been yeah. a lot of stuff has gone 
haywire. That said, they're seven and five. You can make a good argument if they have Mike White starting the entire year. They're probably nine and two, or they're nine and three, or, or ten and two, which is is nuts. Like I, you know, I very much think you know those Patriots games are going to come back to bite them if they don't make the playoffs. They have no business losing those games. You know, you hold the team to three points. They didn't give what they didn't they get. They have one touchdown in eight quarters, um, and that was off of a turnover, and and you lose. So, um, but from a you know, obviously you, you saw the Jets earlier in the year. They're a slightly different team. Both teams are a little different. Again, there'll be no Von Miller in this game, but you'll have Milano and Poyer back from a Jets point of view. Um, Jets, obviously, Bam Knights come on the scene quickly here. Um, you know, obviously, Mike White over Zach Wilson, seemingly, at least to me, it's a pretty big upgrade based on um, the way they've played. He's played through two games um, and the way Zach played through 20, you know, here at the Jets. So I guess what's kind of the outlook from, from the Bill side of view on, on the Jets? They're kind of built. They were supposed to be built pretty similarly, I know. Um, obviously Zach did not become Josh Allen, but the rest of the rosters yeah. get pressure with four, have really good corner and safety play and, you know, offensively have that stud, you know, a lot of people comp Garrett Wilson to Stefan Diggs, and, and we're starting to see, maybe yeah. he's not, he's obviously not to that level yet, but the route running just is, you know, obviously unbelievable, you know, player. So I guess what's the Jets, you know, what do the Jets look at from like the Bills point of view? Yeah, I think when you look at the offense, I, I think you're spot on about Mike White. I mean, Mike White is such a far and away uh, upgrade from Zach Wilson that it's almost comical when you look at how much teams and defenses are really playing this Jets offense differently with a different level of respect. It's too bad you don't have Brees Hall right now um, because you can figure out – if you had Brees Hall right now with the passing attack this offense had, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a very potent, very interesting um, offense. Not to say that without Brees Hall that they're not still a potent offense, but, man, I can only imagine what adding Brees Hall to a competent passing offense does for the confidence of this team, but for the confidence and ability of the offense. Um, I like their tight ends. I think that they're a difficult cover week in and week out. Mike White has not really established that same rapport that, like, Joe Flacco had early on this season with Tyler Conklin. I haven't had a chance, or I have had a chance to, to watch every game um, so far this year for the Jets. Um, and the thing that I noticed last week about Mike White is, well, first of all, the thing that I noticed about this offense and about this team in general is they have completely rallied around Mike, uh, Mike White. There's a true belief in Mike White. Um, so the idea that, you know, Salah is going to have an opportunity to go back to Zach Wilson at any point this year is a conflicting conflict. He's, I, I liked what Steve Young said on Monday Night Football yesterday. Um, he's starting to lose the narrative a little bit, Robert Salah. Um, I think from, I, I, I think to maybe a little bit, the he's a defensive coach narrative is getting, they're kind of running with that a little bit on ESPN and, and NFL Network. But listen, he made the right decision, but he did, he wanted, he wanted to play both sides. And I, I part of me can't blame Robert Sala. Um, he's still a young head coach in this league, but he was on the brink of losing his locker room if he didn't make a move. Um, so he was forced to make the move, but he made it with an intent to say like, but it's not over for Zach. Right. And yet they put him in street clothes and have basically shunned him. So like he can say that thing to the media that eventually the, the goal is to get Zach back in, buddy. It's, it's December. It's over. He ain't coming in. So that's why, like, I look at it after solid, like you just got to rip the bandaid off. You just got to, now, does he owe that to the media? No, no, he doesn't. Uh, listen, we we work with uh, with 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 media 
the, the, the maybe the least media friendly coach in the NFL and Sean McDermott. I mean, he gives the, the media absolutely nothing. Um, and we, I mean, 13 seconds happened after the divisional game last year and nobody still really knows whose fault it was. They just were like, ah, hey, you know, uh, execution. And it's like, no, no, someone should be falling on that grenade. But I, I digress. I, I want to look at it from the defensive side of things. Cause I think that's maybe the most interesting storyline in this game is listen, the bills have Tremaine Edmonds back. They have Matt Milano back. They've got Jordan Poyer back. They've got Gregory Rousseau back. They've got AJ Epinesa back. Yeah. That's how many people this bill's defense has been missing by the way. Um, Tremaine Edmonds goes out in the second half of the Minnesota game returns last week in those 10 quarters of football, the bills gave up over 125 yards per game and six total touchdowns to teams, opposing teams, wide receiver ones. And people will say, well, that's a cornerback thing. No, it's a Tremaine Edmonds thing. And I think Bill's fans have a renewed sense of, well, this guy's actually a little bit more important than maybe we were giving him credit for his length. His, it's, it's not about the plays Tremaine Edmonds makes on the field. Robert Sala has, has alluded to this when talking about Tremaine Edmonds. It's the plays offenses don't make or don't attempt because of what he's capable of doing in the passing game. And you immediately saw a different Minnesota Vikings offense in that second half led to the comeback. They get that win. Then that, that following week against, um, against Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett has 300 yards and, and Mari Cooper has 150 and two touchdowns. Then Amon Ross St. Brown, 130 yards, two touches. So like, it is no coincidence that they are finally starting to get healthy on that side of the ball and playing like the defense that was number one in DVOA through the first six weeks of the year. So um, when I look at the other side of this, though, the Jets defense, there's gonna this Bills team doesn't really need to manufacture a lot of motivation, but you can bet Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, Stephon Diggs, there's going to be a different level of focus going into this game understanding that Josh can't turn the football over like he did in that first matchup and I think there's a new a renewed sense of respect for what DJ Reed and what for Sauce Gardner have been able to do in that defensive secondary obviously no one's sleeping on Quinn and Williams he's one of the best young defensive linemen in football him and Ed Oliver are gonna single-handedly turn that draft into the Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver draft I mean Ed Oliver's playing out of his absolute mind um, and maybe isn't being talked about in the same way Quinn and Williams is. Now, you know, I, they, they are different players, um, but I will tell you that this Bills offense is not going to be taking the New York Jets defense lightly. Not that I think they took them lightly before. I just don't think they were prepared um, for the different looks. I thought Robert Sala, that defense did such a good job pre to post snap, doing things that Josh has been really good with, which is ID and coverage pre-snap, getting that offense into the right play. They were doing a lot of late disguising, a lot of late check with me's at the line of scrimmage. So um, I think there's going to be a level of preparation for that. And I think it may be a different game plan, which to your point, Will, will probably include seeing a little bit more James Cook. I think the first time around, he only played in 13% of the snaps in that Jets matchup. Expect 30 plus percent of those snaps to go to James Cook. But the area of the field, Will, is not necessarily like the mid zone has been opening up for this Bills offense in terms of running the, the trap, the pin and pull concepts. All those things have been working with James Cook as the main running back, but it's the pass game. And this offense has started to move towards Josh Allen being like, okay, Jets. Okay. Um, uh, you know, last week uh, when, um, when the Patriots – and listen, nobody prepares better for Josh Allen than Bill Belichick. Layered, uh, layered blitzes, layered pass rushing. Josh Allen – 
when he is patient, and I want to maybe go back to earlier this season against the Dolphins. Josh Allen was incredibly patient in that football game, had 63 attempts, 40-plus completions, 400 yards, only one touchdown. And in the red zone, they go 0 for 3 that day. The Bills dominated the Dolphins. Dominated oh, them. It was, it was most, one of those fluky wins that made no sense. Dominated them. And they make one more play, a different football game. I don't care what Dolphins fans say. Josh Allen dominated, did whatever they wanted offensively, and he just dumped the ball. I think uh, in that game, Devin Singletary had nine catches. I could absolutely see James Cook having five, six, seven catches in this game because of what they're going to do defensively. The Bills are going to force the Jets to bring a safety into the box. It's going to be whether or not the Jets oblige. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Jets kind of operate defensively because – they they don't blitz at all, and you know they blitzed a little don't bit. Need on, to. They don't they don't need to. They did blitz yeah. a little bit on Sunday just to give Kirk one or two different looks on third down. It kind of got back to when their defensive line wasn't getting pressure earlier in the year, and they were awful on third down the first half because they were blitzing. And like you look at the numbers, EPA per play, they're number one. You know when they don't blitz, they don't blitz like I think eighty five percent of the time, which is ridiculous. those are bills are very similar in that. Yeah, very they don't, similar. Right. They are not so, a good blitzing team. Yeah, the Jets just it's not that it's just like they don't. Yeah, and the Russians get messed up and all these different things. So it's going to be on Josh Allen to, you know, he really could add four turnovers in that game. And it's can he avoid like getting impatient, as you mentioned? The patience is huge. The Jets are going to throw a lot of different things at you. You have to like, is he going to trust his receivers? You know, Josh Allen obviously trusts his receivers, but, you know, are you going to trust through a lot of one on one balls that got broken up? Are you going to go back to that well? Are you going to try to? you know, kind of nickel and dime the Jets, which is what the Vikings did early on, um, take the five yard after five. Like Justin Jefferson had 45 yards on Sunday and he was talking like he literally had the best game of his life. I mean, relax, um, you know, 45 yards, he almost had a crucial drop. So um, that'll be interesting. And you mentioned from the, from the you know, Bills defensive point of view, the Jets are much healthier up front from their offensive line perspective. George Fant looked good on Sunday, first game back since week three. You know, are they going to get that running game? Donovan Knight's been as impressive as a two games from an undrafted rookie as you're going to see, you know, first two NFL games. He is a absolute battering ram. Are they going to get Michael Carter back, who had a nice, you know, week? Jane Robinson has pretty much been ineffective since, um, you know, since that Bills game. I want to kind of just finish with, you know, I guess quickly what you think is going to happen on Sunday. I know we're still on Tuesday. A lot of injuries could or could go one way or another. Yeah. You know, the weather looks remotely decent for a Buffalo in the, in December, it looks like, you know, it's not going to be snow and all that different stuff. I guess, what do you think happened Sunday? Cause it feels like consensus consensus wise. I don't think you'll find anybody that's going to pick the jets unless they're a diehard jets fan. Um, is this game going to be close to spreads rather large for two teams that are, they're both in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I would be willing to bet the jets cover that spread. It's going to be a close football game. Um, listen, I, the bills are going to get a big bump. It's a home game. Um, a little revenge I think is on the docket. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like I I think back to that, that game and how good Zach Wilson was in that football game, best game he's played as a pro. Um, the ball came out on time. Best game, by the way, he had 154 yards. I know, I know, I know. But like in, in the, in the, in retrospect, what he did in that game is what they've asked him to do, which is just manage the game, throw the football on time with accuracy, um, and get guys involved. And he did that in that game. It was that glimpse where we thought, after that game in post game, I remember talking. I was like, Zach Wilson's turned a corner. Um, yeah, that's that that was it's crazy that you really look at that game and you go, We were talking about this on on Sunday night. The Mike White fourth and ten throw. If Zach Wilson makes that, it's that same conversation. It's like, here it is. He turned the corner. He it turned clicked. the corner. Yeah. And 
not only did Zach not follow up that game by playing well, he was probably one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And which is so crazy. It's just crazy to me that you play so composed well against a Bills team where, again, no one was picking them in that game. I agree with you on the revenge factor, but it's just wild to look at that game and think Zach Wilson actually like was pretty good in that game. And then look back at it and go, if Zach Wilson was playing tomorrow or on Sunday, you'd pick the, the Bills like by 20, like that's, and that's how much right. the narrative has changed, you know, kind of to your point. Yeah. And, you know, I go back to that game, um, Matt, no Matt Milano in the first uh, matchup against the Jets, no Matt Milano, no Jordan Poyer. Micah Pied was already out for the season at that point. And the bills also did not have their starting right tackle Spencer Brown. They went into that game pretty banged up. Um, not having Matt Milano is a, he is your best downhill run defending linebacker um, by far. What they do together, Milano and Edmonds, special stuff. Um, here's what I'll say. The Bills, without – I don't want to say that they played soft, but defensively they did not – The Jets win. were way more physical than them on that game. It's pretty much, just, that's why the Jets have been good this year. They're just more physical than everybody they play. They – Brees Hall, was he injured by that point? Yeah, he, he got he, – yeah, Torres ACL the week before. Was the mess. week before, yeah, that's right. Um I was really surprised that final drive, you guys go down, you kick the field goal. That was a, I, I mean, that was a dagger. Um, and I think it woke this defense up since then the bills have shut out Nick Chubb. I mean, less than uh, like, he had like 1.4 yards per carry against the bills in that game last week against the Patriots. Stevenson did nothing and had been having his way with defenses um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, the Bills shut, shut out Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Um, and then you, you date it back to – I hate doing this. Outside of one run Delvin Cook had in that game, which, by the way, turned the tides of that game, they shut out Delvin Cook. So this is a defense that has given up a couple of weird plays. <laughs> and I think for me, they're healthy. Jordan Poyer's back. That makes a, lot, a big difference. They're healthy at the linebacker position. And Daquan Jones is a name you should familiarize yourself um, if you don't know who he is, the Bills sign him in the offseason. Tennessee Titans, he's their one tech. He, as he goes, this Bills defense goes. He is the guy that is set and the expectation of that physicality he brings. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to look at this game and I'm going to say it should be a close game. If it's a 27-22, 28-21 type of game, like that's kind of what I'm expecting from this. Um, <clears throat> but I do think the Bills are now sort of finding themselves in the driver's seat. and. They understand what's at stake. They've been here before. And I think that experience that the Jets will gain over the next couple of years when they find that franchise quarterback, is it Mike White? Is it someone else? But games in December right now, a loss this year, is going to prepare the Jets for next season. It's going to prepare the Jets for the seasons to come. And the same is going to be said, I think, for Miami when the Bills face off against the Dolphins next week and get a win at home. I think the Bills will win both of those football games um, because they have to. And I think they know that they have to. Um, and there's going to be a, a sense of urgency that that attention to detail that Sean McDermott is really, really good at setting his teams up um, for success in that way. So um, part of this, I, I think, is really just experience, knowing what you have to do in December, how your your approach has to change this time of year. The Bills, because the Bills were the Jets in 2019, right? And losses in December put them and set them up in a position where they didn't win the division they probably should have in 2019 um they go into Houston they lose that playoff game um in Houston while they were leading at halftime like 
a lot of what great football teams do, especially early on in their, in their trajectory, if they lose some tough games, they learn from it. Um, I think this is one of those games where, and last week as well for the Jets, that as a good learning experience, I just don't think the Jets are there yet. Um, and I, there's just, to me, no way the Bills lose twice to the Jets and Dolphins this year. I just, I, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I think this game, like I, like you said, um, I think the Jets win this game. I think they win by a field goal, and I think if they lose, I think this is 27-20, 27-17. Yeah, I think either 20. way it's a close game. It's a close game. I think 11 and a half is yeah, – that's, that's, that's a big me, number. It's, it seems pretty disrespectful to the Jets, and, you know, they seem to know that that's last time. That's a big number. That's a big number. They knew that last game. Every single guy walking off the field was like, oh, yeah, 11 and a half point dogs at home. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens if they use that as motivation, I think. Um, you know, the loss is either going to propel them from last week and kind of have them as fired up to match Buffalo's energy. Um, and Buffalo's going to be fired up as well. So I think we're going to get, a, you know, we'll get a good game on Sunday again, obviously, you know, I've been on your show. I, you know, I appreciate you coming on, you know, it's Absolutely. nice to, it's nice to be able to talk about this game as two competitive teams that are in the playoffs right now, as opposed to what probably many thought was going to be, um, you know, a 14, you know, 13 and 0 bills team versus, a, you know, five and seven jets yeah, team right, kind of, right you know, figuring out what happens at quarterback. I, I do want to go on record for your listeners. I had the Jets as the second best team in this division starting uh, in preseason. Um, I now, even that I I'm still, I still find myself a little surprised at seven and five with the quarterback issues and drama they've had. Um, it, it's a testament to Robert Sala. I think he's a fantastic football coach. Um, he's a right football coach for this team and their draft was, you know, generational. Um, they had the volume of the picks, but they hit on them. So yeah, I, like I, I am not, I am unsurprised that the Jets are in the position they're in, um, maybe more than anybody. We'll be back, uh, you know, later this week with a, you know, a little bit more about this game, uh, talking a little bit, less, you know, recapping the rest of the Vikings game and, and get looking ahead of Buffalo. Nate, appreciate you coming on as always, and, Pleasure, uh, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, my friend.